Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Jim in Galveston, how can I help you? I'm calling because I, uh, I'm setting up a cathedral ceiling. I'm doing a rehab on a house and we're putting in a cathedral ceiling and I want to insulate up there. But there's very little space between the drywall and the roof, so right. I got to put insulation in there. But there's got to be airflow too, and I'm trying to figure out. I, I think there's some kind of a panel you can put in there, and that's what I'm calling about. Do you know what that is? There. Well, first, let me ask you: Are is your uh, roof joist two by six, eight, tens? What are they? Two by six. You don't have any room to put any airflow then. You so you need to go without it. You can and very it's it's normal to not have airflow on a cathedral ceiling. Everything else in your attic needs airflow, so your choices are going to be to put a spray foam type insulation in there, fills the whole cavity, or put a fiberglass insulation in there. Uh, I just did one on my son's house that that uh, I'm just uh, finishing up putting. We're working on the floors right now. And what we did on it is put radiant barrier, the Energy Q radiant barrier, up in there first. Then I put yeah. fiberglass insulation, and then a second layer of uh, Energy Q radiant barrier. And basically, what that does is it keeps the heat from getting into the insulation, so it allows the insulation to do its job better. Um, and then the the second layer on the bottom which is not a big deal on Galveston Island typically, but it keeps the heat that you do have inside during the winter months from just escaping out through the through the roof. So the, the big layer that you're going to want to make sure you do is going to be the one under the roof deck. But the, the reason I'm specific on the Energy Q radiant barrier is it's a multi-layer system with a thermal break in the middle. And so it can be sandwiched in between building materials that way. Okay, so I've got radiant barrier type planking on the roof. When you put the insulation in there, though, and it's touching it, it'll make it null and void. It won't work. A single ply radiant barrier that comes on roof decking requires dead yeah. air space. If it's touching anything, it, it loses its ability to function that's the reason that multi-layer works so well in that situation okay thank you very much i appreciate it you bet you take care you too bye again our number 713-212-5874 and i'll see what i can do to help you out and you know in insulating a, a, a roof like that you can go with either open or closed cell the big difference on the foam insulation, open cell will absorb moisture uh, much like a sponge does. You know, the, if you ever get a roof leak, it will absorb it. Uh, a closed cell does not. The water just would run off of it. Now, you know, most roofs eventually are going to have a leak, but typically you're not going to have that issue. So, like I say, you can go either way. Uh, on that type of situation. Uh, I personally prefer to use the closed cell 
uh, just for the moisture issues. Had a uh, email come in from Rick in Conroe, and he says, I have a bonus room accessible from the garage that has three to eight inches of, I'm sorry, has three eight-inch supply air ducts, but no return air. I would like to take one of the supply ducts and repurpose it as a return. Route it over the to another room as a jumper. I don't think I can run a new return because there's no return air plenum, only return air duct to the hall ceiling. Is this possible? I, I won't say it's not possible, but if you do that, you're changing the airflow in that room. Uh, you're basically taking a third of the air that's going in to cool it out. Um, now, putting a return going back to the unit, does that help? Absolutely. In, in my personal home, I have a return back to the unit in every room. But I don't think I would want to take, unless that room stays colder than the rest of the house, I would not want to take one of the ducts coming into it and repurpose it back to the unit. The secondary issue, you're going to change the airflow in the rest of the house if you do that as well. Because that 8-inch duct that's going into that room has to be tied into something. So whether it's going all the way back to the plenum and you got three uh, pipes coming all the way to the room or you got a larger pipe and then it breaks off into the eight inch return uh inlets i, I don't know because I'm, I'm not there to see it but you got to be careful of what you're changing in general yes it can be done is it going to be recommended that will depend on how everything is installed and hooked up and and operating right now so before i would make that change i would definitely get uh, a qualified ac person to take a look at it and uh, then make that decision heading to lake jackson how are you today billy hey uh, great i've just uh, finished my walk uh, you timed that perfectly <laughs> <laughs> uh i have a question uh, uh i'm uh contemplating building another house and uh uh kind of side uh, the veneer brick stone or or siding and uh, i was wondering if the about the impact resistance of the hardy uh, siding, uh, especially in regards to uh, high winds and wind-driven objects and stuff. I know my weed eater on my uh, shed, where I have a hardy uh, plank-clad uh, siding shed, and uh, the weed eater plays heck with the uh, 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 you know siding where it goes down to the ground. Right. And I was thinking about the... Uh, the, just the general overall impact resistance of of wind driven objects in a storm. Well, you know the the weed eater is going to tear up hardy just like it would if it was wood on the building. Uh, the, n- none of them hold up to the whipping of that uh, string. But as far as wind driven items, wood is typically going to be stronger than hardy because hardy is not considered a structural component it's a veneer but they also do recommend that you have plywood behind it and that's what would take the impact the hardy itself is just a veneer in front of the wood so you you wouldn't have any issues with it 
even if it did, if it was siding and just one uh, board or something was cracked or uh, or needed replacing, you just pull it off and put another one. Even with the the, the lapping and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 the way it's put in. Uh, you actually can lift the bottom one of the one above it and get the the uh, the bad one off and slide a new one up in there, and then you end up nailing through the bottom of the upper board and the top of the board you're installing. Uh, so it you know it's it definitely can be done, uh, but they also have repair kits. So say something does impact it and knocks a, a hole or or just dents it they have mm-hmm. regular hardy repair kits for taking care of that and then you paint it and it matches in again hmm. okay well that's great uh i'm i'm really sold on uh, the hardy products i've got it on the soffits and and uh whatnot uh, uh on the house i'm in now and uh I, I love it. Wouldn't have anything else. But yeah, uh, as well, siding. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. My my favorite look is to have the hardy siding with stone across the bottom, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know the hardy siding above the stone going up. I, I just I for me, I just love that look. But uh, whether yeah, that's that's uh, one of the ideas that we're uh, we're contemplating. I, I like that as well. Judith in Atascacita, how can I help you? Hey, I let uh, somebody come in here and run their extended pole exhaust cleaner kind of thing between the dryer uh-huh. and the outside. Okay, and I. The result is that uh, my dryer doesn't dry like it did before. I smell burn, and I'm afraid to use it because I don't want an interior wall fire from the dust. I think something's disconnected. The The filter is on the front of the dryer below the opening. It's right. about 12 inches wide, and it always collected dust through the uh, across the whole filter and now it only collects in a circle about the size of a 28 ounce can over to the left side so i'm sure something's been undone and i don't know how deep i can go to look for this because the exhaust is in an interior room uh leaving the back of the utility room going between the back walls of two other rooms the part of the closure for the garage and part in the back side of a, a closet to the bedroom and then it goes five foot up okay to go up the brick did they pull the dryer out and disconnect it when they did this um yeah i think so but i'm not i i, I don't remember my my memory is kind of shot okay um, the reason I'm asking, I think pulled it, 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 it out for sure, but 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 maybe not disconnected, but pulled it away from the wall. Yeah, yeah. It really doesn't sound like it was disconnected because, uh, from what you're describing to me, I would not expect the clog or or anything to be in the wall. It sounds like some of the the, the uh, lint and stuff got shoved into the dryer, and uh-huh. that's the reason the filter. Is is only showing that it's going through on one side. It sounds like it's got debris 
on the other side of the filter and, and so maybe it did go in all the y- way because we couldn't tell yes. that it made it because we yeah. couldn't make it go out we we did disconnect it we did because we couldn't make it go out to the outside wall and we didn't know where it was hanging up that's right okay so so yes it, it was disconnected um because I remember doing the other back and forth and trying to get it to go the other way to so we we could see it come out of the wall but it never yeah. did. But what yeah, but it what you, what you're up. describing, the issue I don't think is in the uh ducts. I think it's in the dryer itself. Okay. okay. And and it could be just disconnecting and moving stuff got some of it uh into a a spot because again, you know, if the whole filter was being utilized before now you only see it on on half Something's blocking uh-huh. it within the dryer itself. Within the dryer, okay, okay, and and the burning smell being blocked that way would cause that. Yep, you are correct in not using it. You need to get this checked out and found because you know a lot of the house fires that happen are because of mm-hmm. the the dryers and the lint buildup in the the ductwork. So uh, you know, cleaning the ductwork for dryers is, is very critical. But it does sound like you got something jamming inside the dryer that needs to be cleaned out, and it'll probably all be fine then. So, I, I mean, I fixed that dryer when it was new, and it broke a belt and, and some other piece, and I got the parts and I fixed it. I used to be able to do that, but if I pulled this dryer away, would I be able to fish through there and see with just Honestly, arm's I, length alone? I think if you took the dryer out, took that f- filter off the front, yes, I, th- I think you probably would be able to run through there and clean it out. So stick something through there and run it out the back? Yep. And disconnect. I'll do that. I'll do that. I was just afraid I was going to have to tear walls open and stuff like that to see where we disconnected the exhaust. Nah, I don't I don't think so. And even if it does come to that, you don't need to tear the walls out. Uh they got cameras that they can run through that line uh, uh-huh. and, and pinpoint exactly where it was disconnected. But I would start with the dryer. Okay. Well, bless you. Thank you for the info. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Kennedy, how are you today? Hey, Jim. I want to put in some uh, grab bars in the uh, safety grab bars in the bathroom, but it's all ceramic. Yep. And I know a stud finder won't help, but I'm going to locate a stud somewhere and just there guess, is drill some pilot holes so I find it. You know what? There is actually one that I, I my son bought it, and I've been using it while I've been remodeling his house, that it would find it. Okay. Uh, okay. It's from, I can't remember if it was Lowe's or Home Depot. It's yellow in color, but it's it, as you move it across the wall, it actually locates yeah. where there's a cavity and what's solid. And so the solid 2x4 shows up uh, on these LED lights that are on it. Uh, works okay. great. And uh, you would be able to find the, the studs that way. Okay. Just a regular ceramic drill. Yeah, yeah you right. use the you know the the ones that look like the ace of spades. Right, right. Well, yep. they're identified on the packaging, but yeah. So, is there a special place to buy grab bars, or just at the box stores? Fine. 
Nah, you can get them at the box stores and, and different places like that. No no special place that you need to go. Okay. Well, I'm here at Lowe's right now. I'm going to go find, what is it, yellow and what color? It, it was yellow, yeah. Yeah, I'll go for it, look for it right now. Okay, dokie. Thanks, Jim. Have a good weekend. You as well. This came from Stephen. He says, hey, Jim, called into your show about f- four years ago when I lived in Oklahoma and currently listen to your show every week on SoundCloud. Going to show my age here a bit, but was scrolling through TikTok and came across this gem of a video from a home inspector. Watched quite a few of his videos and everything seemed like insightful commentary, but then came across a video that directly contradicts what I feel like I've heard listening or learned from your show. He strongly recommends leaving the crawl space closed year-round on a pier and beam home since, according to him, leaving them open causes more moisture to condense on framing, insulation, etc. This is tough for me to imagine, but thought I would get your advice again. Trusted listener, Stephen. Well, first of all, uh, he probably doesn't make a living doing pier and beam block and base, crawl space, foundation repair like I do. I can tell you, I have seen more damage, expensive damage, caused by closing up the vents on a crawl space home. Now, in northern states, you get away with that. In Houston, Texas, no. Our soil is so moist because, let's face it, we got no elevation groundwater is is not deep in the ground at all and with the amount of rain we typically have and stuff the soil is normally moist now this year you know with the the drier weather we've been having yeah it's not as bad but when the soil has a lot of moisture in it you get into that confined space under a crawl space home it it turns into a terrarium where it starts sweating underneath there it will literally start to rain under these houses so absolutely He's dead wrong for the Houston and really for most of Texas to do it that way. Again, if you go up into, you know, well, Oklahoma and and uh, up further north, you can get away with it. Not really in Texas. So uh, leave them open, have good ventilation, and keep the air circulated, and, and you'll be much better off. Going up to Humble, Greg, welcome to 740 KTRH. How can I help you? Hey, how are you doing, sir? Wonderful. Good. So I've got kind of a weird one. I've got an eight-foot sliding glass door on my back patio, from the house to the patio. Okay. You know, tradi- traditional setup, two panes, one moves, one doesn't. Right. And um, the, 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 the middle point, you know, where the two doors meet, has sunk about half to three-quarters of an inch to where the screen door doesn't move very well, and if I look at the top of the non-moving door, the stationary the stationary pane, um, I, I can actually see daylight there, and there's probably an eighth to a quarter of an inch between the top of the that particular pane. You know, they line it with foam or, or a felt. Right. Um, so I thought about shimming the frame of that sliding glass door, but then as I was thinking just now, if I shim that, then there's an entry point for water to get under there. Is, is it a sound? And I don't have cracks in the walls. 
So I'm no. like, it's not a foundation thing, or is it a frame thing, or what's what's going on? Here? What I, I doubt it's going to be a foundation thing. Uh, what I'm betting you're going to find, if you look underneath that door, uh, you know, underneath the uh, sill plate and everything, uh, uh, threshold, you're going to find wood underneath there that has rotted. Oh, okay. So the the, the the solution would be to take the door out and replace the wood. Yep, and you may not even have to take the door out. You may you you might be able to look underneath and be able to pull the piece out, you know, and kind of hammer a new one up underneath there. It's not unusual for them to have a one by four underneath them, and sometimes even a two by four. Okay, because the door's been there 11 years. Yeah, and if and they didn't use treated those, lumber, I that would... one of those houses that doesn't have a, that doesn't have a gutter, like you were telling the previous lady, and I have, yep. you know, all, that, all the rain just within a, about a foot of where that particular glass door is comes off during a rainstorm. And see, that's the ideal spot to have a gutter is where water's coming off like that. And, you know, yeah. they probably didn't use treated lumber because it was had a... You know the 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 door sill on it, and that uh, they they probably just figured, hey, it's going to be protected. But that splashing water gets on there and rots it out. Huh? Just out of curiosity, why are you against gutters in general? Oh, I'm not. I'm you know. You say you I, I guess use- I shouldn't say I'm not. Yes, I am. Uh, the biggest reason is for most people we have wood around the house. Now I happen to have hardy all the way around mine, but uh, gutters tend to hold moisture behind them the back side of the gutter is usually lower than the front side and if the gutters get plugged up the water runs over the back and it'll start causing wood rot up there as well and why bother and have that issue if it's not serving a purpose so like the area that you have over that patio and stuff that's a great spot for a gutter doorways uh, places where the soil is going to erode or cut into the landscaping, or you know, if the the soil won't take the water away from the house, that's where you put gutters. But in general, we don't need them all the way around. Going up to Champions. Hello, Glenn. Hey, Jim. I'm dealing with a brick perimeter wall around a neighborhood, uh, and it, it's leaning forward. The uh, columns are about 12 foot tall. And they're 24 inches square, and the the spans of wall are eight foot tall, and they're about 20 inches deep. And uh, when I when I put a level on it, it's leaning about six inches forward at the 12 foot mark at the top of the columns. Okay. My question is: Is that something that I can treat like a foundation and and put piers underneath to straighten it back up? It depends. I mean, it's con- it, it starts out on the con- concrete it, slab. But is it a straight line, or does it have uh, turns in it? No, it's a straight line. Tear it down and rebuild it. Okay. Uh, if you piers, start... Piers won't work with it. No, because it, what happens when you put piers under it, it becomes tippy as you pick it up. And okay. it will literally tip over and hurt somebody. Okay. I told this to we we told this to somebody probably oh gosh thirty years ago now on a wall and and another contractor came in and and tried lifting it and he literally tipped it over and killed one of his guys doing it. 
that they they do become very dangerous because you know when, when you think about the way foundation works foundation repair uh we're we're point loading and picking the structure up with a with an area that's only about two to three inches in diameter and the foundation is designed to be in the full contact with the soil and uh so on these walls when they're straight run like that when you pick it up it's it it's just you can't center balance it and so it becomes tippy okay thank you very much for the help ken welcome to 740 ktrh hey jim i have a question about a pergola that i've had in my house for years now i purchased a home uh a while back the per- i don't know how long the pergola has been there it's very well built very sturdy i have a wisteria vine that blankets the pergola that i've cut back through the years problem is um at the base at the legs the posts are starting to rot from okay. the water. Obviously, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, what do I do about that? Is there anything I can do about that? Sometimes there is. It's not tilting, uh, but I mean, it's it is the centerpiece of our backyard. It's got a yeah. massive vine well, on it. Are the legs down into the ground? Are they on drill piers yeah. or blocks? What? what no, are they? They, I don't. I don't think there's any cement or anything. I think it's well. There's got to be, but I, I just. Uh, well, there doesn't have to be. I've About seen some that is, don't. Is there anything I can do at this point uh, to to save it? Because eventually it will tip over. You know. Well, there, there is. I mean, uh, you, do you have some crawl space under it? Yes. So, if the posts are down into the ground and they're starting to rot off, you literally could cut those posts off and put blocks, concrete blocks, up underneath it to lift it up or to fill the gap. Um, and and okay. so you're changing it from something that's down in the ground to something that's sitting on blocks. So it becomes adjustable that way. It will tend to move a little bit more because you're going to have base pads down there that are on the surface that will move up and down a little bit. But you're talking about something that's easily adjusted every, you know, five, ten years. Okay. And I see, I see they have these steel boots, if you will, that you can put around the base of pergola yep. posts. So you recommend yeah. I just dig that, just dig around and. First thing I would do is be digging down to see what I got for a post there. Uh, are yeah. they four by fours or six by six? Man, they're six, they're they're solid. They're six by six at least. Okay, so no, yeah, dig heavy, down. It's a heavy duty pergola. Let's let's see what we got for posts uh, because even at that size, they're easily cut off. And you just change it to to be in something that is sitting on concrete blocks instead of uh, okay. a post that's buried in the dirt. More than likely, they are they are cemented in, right? I mean, you would think that you would think, you think they, they are, but uh, you know, sometimes people they just dig the hole, drop the post, and and build on it. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll try it out. I'll see what I got. Alrighty, you take care. Thank you. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.